This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, <clears throat> a podcast from the back tees. I'm your co-pilot on this flight tonight, Jerry Lou, and our pilot, as always, is founder of FromTheBackTees.com, Zach Penser. Zach, how we doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me except for my still overly saturated blood alcohol con- level from uh, Crooked River Ranch Tournament. And just uh, already back at work today and whatnot. But also joining us in the cockpit, nay, the flight deck, let's see, PC here, is our navigator through this on the Open Championship because we have a very pertinent subject to interlude into this. He is our Tiger Rider, and that same athlete has won a major this year. We got Nolan Smith coming in from Portland, Oregon. How are you doing today, Nolan? Oh, I'm doing great, guys. Great to be on. Always. Always great to hear your guys' voices, see your faces. So it's a pleasure. How's work been? You, uh, what you've been doing? Playing any golf or anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've actually got out a couple times, so it's been nice. Um, it's always nice to have the summer summer hours where it's uh, sun's still up pretty late, so you can get some some nice, you know, sunset golf in. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you probably work Monday through Friday, right? Given your job, so I mean. I've always, unless you work in the golf industry, I've always hated uh, gigs like that. Only for that, when you golf on weekends, that's when everyone's teeing off, and the rates are always higher. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, hopefully you can afford it, but it's just like, uh, I don't know. A lot of us know about you know weekend golfers and such. So, <sighs> Zach, how are you? What have you been up to? Pretty good. Haven't played too much golf, unfortunately, but. Uh... Besides that, pretty good. I still got the five days a week job too, so it's rough trying to get out there. <laughs> I, I can dig that. I, uh, today is day one of a uh, four-day gig for me. That you know what I'm, I can say this freely, and it's not a racial thing or whatever. But uh, they didn't really speak English, so I can just tell tell you guys how the round went. It's going to be a slow boat to China. Let me tell you <laughs> what, boy. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it was me and this other caddy had these two Asian ladies who work for Microsoft or something. Uh, they're from China, straight up, and they're wonderful. But, I mean, I really need to, like, when we get off here, grab my Rosetta Stone. I just don't know which dialect of Mandarin it is that they've been mm. speaking because it's just, like, they're nice, but it's just, like, it It helps in not just golf in general, but my line of communication is giving information, and if there's a communication problem, it's kind of weird because it's, like, it's... Same reason why I feel like I couldn't have a special needs child, because I'd just be like, I want to help you, and I know you want to tell me what's going on, but <clears throat> too far. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally right. It'd be, it'd be hard. You're not wrong. So, uh, but between, between that, I, um, yeah, Crooked River Ranch, some people might have seen it on Twitter. I'll only mention it to uh, give a shout out to my friends who run the tournament. It was the 31st. Norman Cooper Invitational, and he was just a guy who, like, this wasn't for Jimmy V or for cancer. Like, all the money went to prizes, and it was, uh, it was kind of like uh, watching a bunch of piranhas and great white sharks go at it when it came to the prizes. Uh, um, maybe we could talk off air about the style of how they did it. And if you guys have heard of it, maybe, but that being said, um, we shot, I was with the Cooper family playing golf, and, uh, 
given it was the 31st, uh, my best friend Nathan is only 30 years old, and uh, we won the tournament, I guess we set the record, 32 under for 36 holes. I'll admit the commission conditions there were impeccable, guys, but on every par 5, I was hitting driver 4 iron at the longest, and on most of them, I was hitting driver 9 iron in... I mean, most of the par fours were, mm, they were at a tough yardage at like 320, where it's just like, yeah, you could rip a drive all day, but if you only rip it 300, you, even if you rip it up to 300, you're still in a tricky spot, per se, as opposed to it's like, or if you hit it, or I was rip it 270, which is a pretty good drive, too. So, I mean, the course definitely had a little bit of teeth from the scramble format. <clears throat> I don't know. And then, as I was mentioning to you guys in the pre-show runner, I was just... Well, I guess in one of the videos, yeah, it was a hit and fireball, like, off the off the handle. <laughs> I, that was one of those nights that I didn't remember, like, from 4 p.m. on, I didn't have any memories, and from 7 p.m. on, I only, I was told I went to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, got a, I got a glimpse of that video, you looked a little lost. <laughs> well, as, the, as that uh, video ended, we weren't in our room, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a good thing it's on social media forever. Well, until I delete it, but I don't care. I, it's it, it, it needs to be seen. It needs to be known. So, so fellas, before we get to talk about what is now our final major of the year, I think, um, and we really, that's what uh, the bulk of our attention should be paid towards, uh, I would be remiss only to bring up the winner of the John Deere Classic because it's our boy Fratelli who... Literally at one point or another this year, each one of us on staff has brought up, like, in all earnestness and got no jests or, like, you know, bad looks or whatever, for, especially for me, because I'm, I'm I'm prone to just belch that out. But but that being said, uh, good for uh, good for the uh, South African. What say you, fellas? What did you like about the tournament, in short? Yeah, it was great. He uh, basically dominated the whole tournament. He made one bogey, I think, all week putted pretty lights out and uh he seemed like he was due for a win he's a big birdie maker so one of these events where they go really low seemed like something he would hit on we all missed wrong week but he got that dub yeah i mean i don't have too much to say on that but i think zach pretty much hit it on the head he kind of he went out there and he deserved the way he played he deserved to win that tournament one bogey and it's those those tournaments, there's always someone who just goes low, and any of these guys out here can go low. So it's we shouldn't be surprised whoever wins those kind of um, less publicized tournaments. I, I guess I would say, or less cool. heavy stacked fields. Hey, pump your brakes! The John Deere tournament's right up there with the St. Jude. I would say it's probably one of the more talked about or known uh, PGA stops for sure. But let me ask you guys this. I mean, is it is it really a problem seeing these guys go low? Like, we had Johnny Vegas shoot, like, a couple 64s or something. Or, or I mean, uh, the guy I picked last week, Nick Watney. Like, he, I think, uh, tied for sixth or something, along with Charles Howell III. And he had, like, a 63 or something. I don't know. There were just a lot of low numbers out there where it's just kind of like, yeah, unless you're in a major where, like, par is a delicious score, just anyone's just going out there like they're going to the deli and taking three numbers. Nope, I'm taking four. They're just like, you know what, I'm just going to stash these in my car. Like, just the, <clears throat> the scoring isn't getting out of hand. It's just everyone seems to be getting a crack at it now. I mean, it's 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 becoming harder to predict. I mean, that's why you don't see, like, my early anchor this year, Matt Kuchar, winning as much anymore. It's just like I had that guy penciled in. Like, it's like this. He's going to win every time. So Yeah, these guys are all so good. I don't, I don't know. You're more of the betting expert, but I have a feeling these like first-round leader bets are like crushing if you're taking the long shots. 
Yeah, I can dig that. I mean, it's, it's also kind of like uh, you can take long props. One of them that's tossed out, per se, is like for a couple of years, Tommy Fleetwood would always have the lowest round of a major. It's just like, yeah, but that 63 didn't hoist no trophy for you, so who cares? I mean, I want to officially be the first one to be over Tommy Fleetwood. I get my dick gets real hard being the first guy who gets over things. Like, that's my little hipster addition to see, Nolan knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I want to be the first one to be off the bandwagon for things. And, uh, yeah, Tommy Fleetwood, I mean, he's great, but I just don't... I don't know, maybe it's something about, like, English he's golf. He's totally like, going to bite you in the butt. butt. He's going to bite you in the butt. Tommy's great, man. He, well, he damn well should. That man, it's like... <laughs> we live, live and breathe in a world where Zach Johnson has two majors, for crying out loud. I mean, and he could be considered, just in terms of playing style, not personality. He could be our Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, he's just... Personality-wise, the polar opposite. In terms Fleetwood of- could get one come Sunday. I don't don't hate his chances. Well, uh, anyways, Fratelli, God rest your soul. We love you, buddy. Um, we want you to, uh, you know, we between you and Curtis Luck, we can't choose who is our podcast favorite golfer. So we do love to, Curtis you Luck. To, you have to earn it. No, they, he, Curtis still has to earn it. He, Curtis is, uh, no pun intended, the clubhouse leader because he's like liked one or two of our tweets, and that's one or two more of our tweets than Fidelity's liked. It's true. Any so pro that comes on our podcast basically becomes our favorite. Step up your brown, step up your brown nose, and Fidelity. That's right. <laughs> it's an honor so, he needs. Uh, so, anyways, I mean. Yeah, John Deere Classic's great. The one hamstring thing about the tournament to me is it's a lot of guys have to fly like straight away if you make the cut, uh, i.e. Charles Halvis, third style, uh, shout out, who took a T6 um, going 65-65 this weekend. But um, it, it's uh, a lot of these guys aren't going to be playing in the British Open, and uh, some of them are, and it's not the time jet lag is a, a thing. I mean, I've never been across the pond before, but I mean, I've been... To Hawaii enough times, and I've been over to uh, the East Coast and lived over there enough times. I get just even a three-hour difference, but I always looked at like John Deere's a great tournament, maybe not to win because nobody's there, but it's a good name. It's it's always produced good winners. I don't know. I'm surprised more big names don't just go there because like if DJ shows up to the John Deere Classic, what are his odds to win? Probably like five to one. Why well, not? How many just... times has DJ won this year? Hmm. Like once, if one. I think one. I think one. Right. Whatever. We're not the stats podcast. (laughs) As we maybe we should be. If I'm gonna like uh, tread into these waters, wherever. But I, I, as I've been on the air of saying, like, uh, or like on the record of saying, I am like the president of the Dustin Johnson fan club, literally. And that being said, I would pick him to win every tournament. This tournament for the British Open, he is one of the top three in odds at ten to one. I mean, he's always up there. But how much is he really winning? I mean. It's, it's that that's why I like that's why Kucher's been the money machine this year because he's won what three four times three I mean and he's always been three yeah he's always been like uh, fledgling right there I mean just in terms of like what I, I see I see Zach Lindsay no I gave a fist bump because I knew it was three oh well okay I said three you're right so I said we were in a stats podcast but then I just came with the fire stats three wins well I needed that <laughs> I needed that so anyways. Um, the Open Championship at uh, Portrush has, in uh, Northern Ireland, as I've told from you fellas earlier, hasn't been played there since 1951. And uh, 
do we have any history or like fun tidbits? Anyone ever been there before? Or we just want to get straight into our uh, who we like for the tournament and uh, what really sets the British Open apart. I've never been there. I know Rory McIlroy shot like I thought when I kept seeing how he saw a shot at sixty one. I'm like, oh, maybe this was like in a practice round. This was when he was like sixteen years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who the hell shoots a sixty one right? when they're sixteen? That's just not normal. PEDs. Was it was it from the tips though? I don't know where it was from. It could have been from like the edge of the green. I would not shoot sixty one. No, I, I don't know. There is some footage of it, so I'm assuming I'm assuming it was like some sort of highly, you know, toted Northern Ireland amateur tournament. So what you guys are telling me is like if we're talking about like all the times you've broken eighty or set records or whatever, they don't count unless they're from the back tees, so to speak. <laughs> I guess we should uh, stick by our mantra, right? <laughs> I think that's what we're saying. Look, guys, I- I'll admit I I don't play the tips very often. <laughs> I mean, uh, Crooked River I did because that course was tipped out at just under fifty six hundred yards, and we oh, were wow. patient. <laughs> told you it was a- it was a duck shoot. I mean, it was just. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even. I, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but it wasn't even fair. And but everyone was telling me coming into it, it's not even going to be fair. Like they said, like, hey, it's going to be. Oh, anyways, but um, hey, the course and everyone plays the same course, so that's you right. The course record, you know, you just it doesn't matter <laughs> how yeah, easy. But, right, but ultimately, I guess I'm just talking in terms of ah. We're not going to get we're not going to get into the USGA and handicap here, or, oh, or what age or what age who shoots shoots what and what type of tournament or what type of round as Rory McIlroy allegedly may or may not have done, even though there is footage of it, uh, as Nolan tells us. So, um, this is, they haven't played here since 1951. I mean, everyone keeps talking about the U.S. Open Rota. And yeah, maybe there should be a rota. Maybe it doesn't have to be something where it's just like the same four or five courses because I'm like, well, really chop off a lot of arms and legs if you do that because then I have to say yes to Beth Page and no to Whistling Straits per se in terms of having a rota. But the British Open has had a rota essentially for a long, long, long time now, several decades, not mm-hmm. counting the Port Rush because I mean, 51, I mean, it's uh, 78 years ago or 68. It's a big rotation. What's that? It's a big rotation. Comes around every like eighty years. <laughs> well, for them it does, yeah. But uh, but ultimately, when it came, comes to those open uh, course venues, open championship venues, they always seem to be like in the same eight or whatever. And I'm not gonna start naming them because I probably would name two or three. And um, oh, uh, we we got Q's and A's later, right? Did anyone get any? Because I just got a live question. Yeah, you I got, got one. one. No one got one. Okay. Ooh, ooh, that's that's a good one. I, this guy gave me uh, three uh, three right here, but um, we can tie it into. I say nothing better than like let's uh, throw the torch in Nolan. Uh, I'm not gonna hand it off to him, but um, uh, there's a man at this tournament who you are our specialist on, unlike any other, and this is your existence for loving golf more than anything else. I can only assume, and I have no problem with that. As Seinfeld would say, no, there's anything wrong with that. But uh, the only thing I want to pitch you about Tiger Woods is um, I've been told he's never played the course before. So what do you, I don't know if you knew that or not. I don't know if, honestly, if that really matters or not. What do you, in your honest expectations here, whether you're picking him or not, and then you can tell us your picks, so to speak, 
what do you expect from Tiger Woods this weekend? Alrighty, so yeah, you're correct in when saying he has not played here before. Um, this past Sunday was his first time ever seeing that course. So one may think, oh man, this guy's got no shot. He's never. I mean, a lot of these guys though have not played this course before. That's another thing to factor in here. But let me remind you, just last year, Tiger playing a few courses that he'd never played before um, did pretty well at those. Um, so I'm not going to say that's really um, negatively impacting him, I don't think. I think it actually might even heighten his mental game on some things. He's trying to think the course a little more. It's his first time seeing it. He's really, you know trying to gather as much information as he can during these practice rounds, which he's been playing Sunday, Monday, and again today. I think he played nine holes or so. I think he teed off of one, and then he like jumped over to 13 and played the finishing stretch. But anywho, um, I do like his odds um, to play very well, but um, I think I might stay away from him this week. I am finally, I think, tapering down my expectations for LT Gray here. Um, I probably was a little off base picking him to win the US Open. Um, I think I think I think it's just hard for no, I'm sorry, I, I, I hate to interrupt. I was shaking my head because you weren't off base. Like the tiger hook was in my mouth too. It just missing the cut at Beth Page is kind of a black eye that not, it was like somebody accidentally like slipping and falling. You're just like, ah, oh, oh, shoot. And then, then up came Pebble. You're like, well, who knows? I mean, he was, for all intents and purposes, supposed to win it. But anyways, sorry. Yeah, yeah and we're, we're all, you know, subject to fall under the spell of, you know, if, if anyone's going to do it, Tiger's going to do it. And the fact that he's not playing well just makes you more and more not want to pick him. And then it's like, oh, that's right when he gets there. That's right when he's like, yeah, I'm Tiger Woods. I'm going to go win this thing, even though I haven't played in five weeks or something like that. Um, sure. Oh, of course. He, uh, I don't know. There's been a, I've been listening to his um, pressers. Um, he does a little interviews here and there. He's been very open about actually how rusty he kind of feels. Um he was saying he's been having trouble shaping the ball a little. Um, that was just yesterday. Um, Chambly was, of course, actually applauding picks for Tiger because he shapes the ball so well, and that's what you need to do at um, a lot of typical open layouts. Now that also kind of leads me to talk about how I don't really think this is fairly typical open layout. I mean, it is Lynx golf. It is, um, there's not a single tree out there. Um, it's right off, right off the coastline there. Um, there's tons of bluffs and nasty rough and, um, a lot of pop bunkers, but, um, it's not playing the hard and fast and, um, speedy kind of golf that Tiger would love to see. Um, it's fairly soft he was he was uh, alluding to. Um, a lot of uh, balls aren't really rolling out. Um, they're taking a hard first bounce um, and biting a little, but uh, <laughs> it's not 
not the hard fast golf that Tiger likes to play which we'll see how that goes it's supposed to rain a lot um, the wind's supposed to pick up um, I always like Tiger in tough conditions because it kind of weeds out the guys who aren't really thinking about that as much and just trying to push through the push through the elements where Tiger kind of embraces the elements usually but maybe this is a different Tiger this is a Tiger who the elements have you know affected him a little more than we thought and whenever it's cold it seems like he's not playing very well it happened yeah, he did he did mention it. yeah exactly the u.s open yeah happened there happened uh the genesis earlier this year um oh, yeah. i forgot about that yeah yeah LA's so, gone another hot summer like usual it's just like it because being quick tangent like everyone from southern california pipe the hell down anytime you have any type of weather whatsoever because it's always going to get hot again. So it's like you mm-hmm. want it to get record cold. You want it to be, oh, my God, we didn't hit 70 all the whole month of February. It's like, well, February has the fewest amount of days, but also congrats. That's actually good for you and your fire elements. But anyways, it it when it's cold for Tiger, I get that. I mean, yeah. I, I, you're not the first I've heard say it, unfortunately. And it's so weird because I saw uh, somebody do on Twitter, like they were comparing his swing off from – from all years, 2001 or 2000, and then now, and I'll, I forget who I was talking to, but Zach, it might have been you, uh, and I apologize if I forgot, but uh, I, I kind of like Tiger Swing better now, because he obviously has to swing a certain way with his back and his condition and his surgeries and everything the way it is, and not that it's a bad thing, or something you have to be, it's, it's something you have to be considerate about, really, it's just because, and then I hate to say it, when, it, when you have to bring the cold weather and the elements in, then it's like, well, it's kind of, it's kind of like a miracle seeing five-time Open champion uh, Tom Watson do what he almost did back in what was it, 2008 or 2007? I, I forget which one exactly, but he essentially uh, like did what usually all the elements do to the lesser or older men. It's just like you know he withstood, he, he wasn't battered down. And, and anyway, that being said, I'm, I'm worried about Tiger in the conditions. What do you well, think the winning score is going to be around? Oh, that's a good question. What was yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I uh, I haven't even thought about that. So I think if I'm it not, plays close to even, I think Tiger has a good chance. He seems to always yeah, be there when it plays tough. Crop, interesting crop. It's, it's supposed to start getting pretty nasty out there. I've um, I've already heard you know a lot of people been oh Tiger already drew the bad weather for um, days one and two Thursday Friday. He's in. Wait, wait, you just essentially said he teed it up. I mean, <laughs> I know, I know, right? And uh, he, what I do like is he's in more afternoon-ish tee times, um, so he'll get some chance to warm up that back a little. Uh, that's going to be his only saving grace, is because it's going to be cold in the mornings and it's going to be windy, making it cold in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. So if anything, he if he has more time to prepare, that's uh, that's the big thing. As far as I've seen, though, there's not too much of an advantage for either tea time. No one seems to know. Like it gets crazy there. It's, the wind goes up and down so much. It could be from hole to hole. So I wouldn't think that's too much of a concern. Yeah, the last. The last course condition I guess I'd want to touch on is apparently they're I might I may be totally wrong with this, but I've heard they're rolling at only about an eight on the greens, which is extremely Dude. slow. That's especially sick. for Tiger. So Tigers have never done well on slow greens, so yeah. that's also kind of a another reason why I'm essentially I think I'm gonna settle on a, a mid teens 
finish for Tiger. I don't hate it. That would be a good finish regardless. Yeah. What are, uh, what are Tiger's odds at? I didn't see him in my top 10. They've been creeping up ever since. I think he started at 12 to 1, and now he's all the way to 16 or 18. Tiger's odds, you know, I feel like, are very flawed because he gets so much action just based on people wanting to see him win, like that dummy who bet on him to win the okay. uh, Grand Slam. I was reading something there, <laughs> you know, like he opened as the favorite, I think, or maybe two points back. Nolan, uh, you just just to say it again, you said you picked Tiger to like, take 16th in the tournament around there? Yeah, I actually picked 14th. 14th, stand by your pick, uh, so, yeah. I mean, uh, my my uh, projection has him at, at taking 15th in the tournament, honestly. So, like, it's like, I just can't put him in the top 10, but he's, like, right at, like, literally at the cusp of the top 15. And, I don't know, I was trying to create an argument in my head to be like, well, the British Open, you know, produces the most random and single winners out of the mobile. And it's just like, <laughs> no, that's not true at all. If you look at the US Open, that's that's scattered with tons of Roy McAvoy's and Orville Moody's, and one of those people's is fictional, and one of them is non-fictional. Look it up later, folks. But that being yep. said, majors just have uh, a lot more focus on them. We know Tom Watson is five, Tiger Woods is three Open Championships. Um, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think. It was he our last back-to-back winner? He won 02, 05, and 06. And I'm not too he sure must be. If, if when I know Padre Harrington repeated PJ championships after that and won a British one of those years, but he didn't. Sorry, I was I had my phone on and I was using Google and it heard us talking or it heard you Nolan and all of a sudden started repeating your words and just took off the <laughs> search. So so uh did, did anyone just for fun happen to get um oh and, and something going back to something you said Nolan real quick about Tiger, um what I appreciate him being open about his uh, condition and everything is that like I think he's it's kind of this like new age thing that we're seeing where it's just like um, you're signing more autographs, you're being more open, you're being more socially available. I mean, it's just kind of the way things, not unfortunately or fortunately, but just the way positive social trends are working, especially for golf. I get made fun of all the time that I use Twitter. I'm just like, well, if you're really into golf, because I only use Twitter, they're like, if you're really into golf, it is like the ideal platform. And there is not many ideal, quote unquote ideal platforms for like, say, squash, tennis, um, uh, rugby, basketball, it's just like, I mean, it's like golf can be the most interactive and personal thing on this, in the social media platform that is Twitter, and uh, I don't know, I, I just, I, I like to see them being more in touch with us, granted, I don't, I stopped following a lot of the big stars, like, uh, all the way from Tiger Woods to Tony Finau, I don't, I don't, I don't follow Tiger Woods on Twitter, what does he say on Twitter, guys? It, it's not, what do you, and when you tweet at him, what happens? Nothing. It's all, it's all automated. Which is fine. <laughs> Dustin Johnson's is pretty automated. Like it's all pretty. But then that's when I got. That's why I get pissed at Tony Finau because his is like all automated. I'm like, and who are you, Tony Finau? Tony. I mean, this, Tony this is Tony Two Religion yeah. that it does your your resume. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, Tony. Everyone loves you, and evidently I don't. You're fine. You're you're, you're perfectly fine. That's probably Tony why should, I don't. Do it. Tony should go off the automated and just build his build his persona like that even more because he's a very likable guy so why not oh my god he's like my my old man's favorite golfer and i'm just like yeah. well, I, I don't know i just like him I'm like good good for you he I probably doesn't know. have a very good personality that's probably why yeah well, and then uh, uh well now hold on um he is mormon which kind of explains a lot so you can pump the brakes <laughs> right there but the Love person the i was about to bring up in terms <laughs> in terms of who i was about to bring up that uh Fits that bill of the more you find out about, the more you're uh, not really too thrilled about. 
I think it was a 2003 Open champion, um, Ernie Els. I love Ernie Els. He has the greatest golf swing of all time. It is the most teach. It's probably the most teachable and most like amazing swing ever. Where you're just like, how did he do that? It's like, well, because he just had perfect angles and timing. That being said, I keep hearing lots and lots of stories about how drunk and racist he and his friends can be, and how. Okay, I, I don't want to. Maybe I shouldn't have said racist in the head. Allegedly. But, well, here's the point. There's a lot of Ernie L's private jet stories where if you're leaving a tournament and the Big Easy happens to sidle up to you and you guys have been having a couple of drinks or a couple of lines of blow or whatever, and he's just been like, oh, hey, why don't you jump on my plane? I'm going to wherever you fucking go. And, uh, and next thing you know, you're on his plane. It's just like, you, like Ernie L's is like, oh, me and Bangkok, we had some uh, fucking times. I mean, it's just like, it, but he also like kind of said it with, you could hear some shame in his voice where it's just like, yeah, it went too fast sometimes. It's just like, oh, really? And he was just like, eh. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it kind of, it's, like, it worries me like Wolf of Wall Street level shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, which I'm fine with because these guys are like, you know, um, uh, multi-zillionaires. But that being said, everyone loves the Big Easy. And it's just like, oh, he's from a very, he's a white man from a very terribly racist country if you're white. And, um... And he's super rich, which means he's super elitist and whatnot. And the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised. He loves his drink and partying if he probably has a few opinions you hear after he's had a few. So <laughs> that's yeah. But before, uh, before before we move on, I gotta defend my boy Tony one more time. You old men need to get on the gram because he's very open and honest on the gram. Oh really? That's cool. I. I, I have already coined two Instagram accounts, like, just because I wanted to have the domain, so to speak, and I have still yet to uh, really link them up with anything or operate them properly, because, you know, once I saw that whole, like, share all button that came out and, like, a lot of features a few years yeah. ago, and, like, why do, we, why do we need four social media platforms when I can just, like, have one? It's like uh, on The Office with Brian with Woof, where it's just, like, you get, like, a text, an email, a page, a fax, a phone call, a voicemail, just, like, you get everything at once. You get a Woof. Like, why, why, why am I using seven things? <laughs> uh, Woof.com. I don't know. I don't know about uh, where you guys want to head next, but I definitely want to talk a little Rory McIlroy before we. Yeah, well, before this. No, ab- no, we uh, we still got about twenty more minutes. Is he one of your picks? Yeah. We could go into our picks if he is. Well, before before you do that, let me just like lead it off with saying no, no, no shit in terms of my projections. I have him number one winning the tournament. The machine does, and and he is, and that it. I'm not. Oh God, fuck! Let me rephrase that. I don't have him winning the tournament. He just has the best odds, and he is the only one with the best odds at eight to one. And then I got Kepka and DJ at ten to one. I have one question for Nolan because it's sort of Tiger related. Did you see how Brooks uh, ghosted Tiger wanting to play a practice round, and people are saying it's because Brooks is caddy knows the course. Brooks gave him the cold shoulder or something. What? That's a power move that. by Tiger to try and learn the course. Depends on which side of the story here. <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to that. They asked Tiger about it during his press, but I didn't hear anything come out. Why didn't they ask Brooks during his presser? Hey, did you give Tiger Woods the cold shoulder, dude? Like, um, but yeah, I don't. They're they're friends, I believe. I remember 
uh, Tiger and him hugging them out during the PGA the past two years, I think. Yeah, but um, I love it. I wouldn't be surprised within the past three years they wouldn't have had at least more than a couple, a half a dozen photo shoots together being Nike boys. And <laughs> yeah. Hell, hell, I knew the name Brooks Kepka back in 2015. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it come, and he's like a force now. I mean. You guys, I mean, we're, we're on this topic right now. Did you hear about how he uh, only practices now for <laughs> That's, yeah, I think it's nonsense. Play. I don't buy it. Well, it. Look, it makes sense, it, it, and that makes perfect sense to me, and I was trying to think of a great counter-argument to it, to be like, yes, yeah, see, this is how, you can only get away with this in golf, you can't get away with this with, like, dieting or exercise, or it's just like, fuck going to the gym, I'm just going to pose in front of cameras. It's like, yeah, or just, I'm going to trust my metabolism. It's just like, no, you have to go to the range, you have to work on your game. But guys, I didn't, I didn't know how to word the tweet, but take it from me. I'm no PGA Tour pro. I'm not even a scratch golfer yet, though. Like, my golf game has improved since I caddied for those Wall Brothers in the four ball, and they were the first ones I heard who said essentially hashtag fuck practice. I mean, that that might be my next t-shirt that I want us to make is hashtag fuck practice. <laughs> like, it is, it is all about, like, I try to think to myself, like, just think about six inches in front of and behind the ball, and just the rest of your body and your brain will get your club and your body if you do it enough and you're good enough. That's why practice. You can't. You can't get good at golf without practicing. Period. That's not what they're trying to say. What the best golfers are doing right now, 100%, is they're just saying we don't fly training missions anymore. It's just the sorties. It's just the dogfights. It's just but the mission. He said he does practice. That was the part. That's why I don't buy it. It's not that he said he doesn't practice at all. It says he only practices for the majors. What, okay. Now, now, when I hear him say that sentence. As Brooks Kepka saying it, I hear something very specific that only applies to him and a few people. Zach, I'll start with you. What's your definition of practice? And don't give me Allen Iverson's speech. <laughs> I was going to give it, but now I can't, I guess. Uh, I would say like a good couple hours on the range, putting green, spending some time with the coaches, all that. So like literally hitting the grass room, hitting yeah. rocks, like getting repetition down, working on like how to hit an automatic cut, how to hit something five yards shorter. Exactly. Oh, now see, I would say before I ask Nolan the same question, I would say I would argue that when you're on the tour level, they tend to know most of that shit. Case in point, I heard uh, years ago, and I'm sorry, by years ago, I mean two or three years ago, that Cameron Tringali, he never practices a shot inside of 50 yards. That includes chipping and putting, and part of me is like, now that sounds phenomenal. That sounds like incredible touch and just uh, like just automatic, like and and there is like a visual sort of dexterity when you just walk up and kind of just see slopes and 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 and, uh, and the undulations and everything. I mean, it's there, and there's also a lot of like natural talent and hand-eye coordination in it too. It's like that's why it goes to show you like uh, Yasiel Puig can be as muscly as he want to. But he might not be the best at baseball. Maybe he should have played football or something. I mean, just it's golf is very special. That's why I really love this thing that's come up in this argument where it's just kind of like, yeah, who needs to practice? Now, some people consider practice going out and playing 18 holes and not posting and not like say it's not a tournament round or not like for money or anything. Nolan, what do you consider golf practice? Uh, yeah, I would consider playing is a form of practice. Um, I would also consider grinding on the range and um you know getting your alignment set right when you're putting and um but you know maybe the only i don't know i could see brooks 
this being true just during maybe this last year or two because his game has been that solid and he's just like I don't want to really mess with anything I'm just before I make the championship I'm just going to make sure everything still feels the same um, I just <laughs> I'm stuck on the fact that he doesn't he gives off this feel that he doesn't give a crap about any other tournament besides majors. That might be but true. Isn't that good though? <laughs> isn't that good though? I mean, no. Or I, he, he's he's pulling a Ricky Bobby on us, where he's just like, if you ain't your first, you're last. Now, Greg, <laughs> that doesn't apply to these PJ Tour events because he's not going to be one of these guys. Who, he, he just played the John Deere. I mean, I don't know if he even made the cut or, or not, or, or he played in the what was it, the 3M? One of those two tournaments. He's wildly unspectacular. Uh-huh. And that's what he even admitted. Just like I, he didn't say like I don't care. He's just like, you guys know I play for the majors. And really, if he goes out and shoots a seventy every day in the John Deere, yeah, he might not make the cut. But if he shoots a seventy every day in a major, he's gonna win that major. Isn't this? Sorry, I'll cut in. Sorry. Um, isn't this just a simple equation that for some reason he's missing though? That practice before a major equals really good results. Not practicing before a regular PGA Tour event is not equaling really good results. What's missing? Oh, I just need to practice a little before my regular tour event, and I'll probably win it. Well, maybe and that's why I asked you both the question of practice because maybe practice is something that's uh, 100% um, uh, perspective oriented. Like, what if God forbid when he plays in the non-majors, that's practice for him? <laughs> I mean, that's why it's just like he's just he's just surely short short. Sure, take two. He's slowly sharpening his sword over there. Just that's that's hard to that's a hard three words to say in a row, guys. Slowly sharpening swords. <laughs> slowly sharpening swords. Slowly sharpening. Yeah, I know. I'm not even gonna try it. Uh, yeah, but you know, I I like that, but as long, I don't want him to backtrack on this. Then then I'll start losing respect for him if he keeps this up and he's you know he st- sticks to this schedule of you know I really just want to practice before majors um that's fine and it's working for him so well that's that's why i'm a a full-time uh resident uh year-round resident at uh camp kepka because um hashtag camp kepka because i think he is about to hit this realm well we obviously we don't we want to see him paid off hasn't he already paid it off a bit i mean like he is the only person we've truly ever heard people earnestly talk about putting into the realm of talking about how good tiger's been in our lifetime because in our lifetime the only one who was good before Tiger, who was really dominant like that, was Jack. And to a lesser extent, like the second half of, um, like, uh, 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 Ky- uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, Watson's career. But then you got guys like Tom Kite, who's essentially just Dustin Johnson 1.0. He won one major and zillions of dollars. It's just like, yeah, that's it. You know, it's like that. That's not dominance, though. So Brooks Kepka has in just in like, gosh, a couple of years, just shattered so many molds that part of me is wants to look at like now that we've seen tiger in the past 15 20 years we can we know how much a human rocket ship can go that's why i'm loving what brooks Kepka can do because it's just like this guy's just taking this whole approach of like hey he's all he's doing is aim small miss small he's like aim at the flag go at the flag if you're missing the green and you don't like the rough don't bitch about it try to improve your wedges it's just like get your accuracy better it's just like if he isn't right he's taking like a football player mentality or like an MMA fighter mentality, which is like, hey, if he's fast and you, you get to the gym earlier, get faster or whatever. He's just taking it to golf. That's all. I mean, all uh, pre-teen jokes aside from his appearance. But <laughs> yeah, but, that uh, that part of his that part of his game and mentality, I've always loved. Of he doesn't care about what how the golf course is set up and all that. 
I think as a golfer I, shouldn't. As I a hate, good golfer shouldn't. I hate when guys are complaining about everyone's playing the same course. It's so yeah. annoying. Yeah. Well, but I've noticed in the U.S. Open though, the thing that always makes me enjoy the U.S. Open is a handful of guys complain about it every year. But it's never been the same handful of guys. I think the only person that maybe is because nobody else had cameras on anyone else was John Daly was known to bitch about the U.S. Open. And it's like, yeah, you've. I don't think he's made a cut in the U.S. Open. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm about to I'm about to Wikipedia that even though because it's completely unrelated. But uh, Nolan, did you? So do you like Rory? Is that your pick? What What's up? I do really really like Rory. Um, I like a lot of guys. I think it's gonna be. I really hope we get like. 12 guys that are within like three shots of the lead like in the that back nine that'd be pretty sweet well that reminds me actually um somebody asked it earlier and we never really got to a hard answer what do you think what did we think the winning score was didn't you ask that nolan i mean i, I asked that but... yeah captain oh my captain zach asked that um yeah i think it's probably gonna be a, a low or a, sorry a high single digit under par i would expect Something I'm going like to try that. and find the prop for it, if I could. I would expect like an 8-under, but who See, knows? Now, I, feel so, I feel so stupid saying that because I feel like that's just the no- that's like the golden number of any major where it's just like, that's yeah. not too crazy low, that's not too unrealistic, <laughs> and it's, but at the same time it's like we could get a slobber knocker where it's just like even par wins and plus two is second place, and I mean, it's like, remember when Tiger won in Bethpage? I mean, in the 0-2 in the U.S. Open, he was, I think, 4-under, then Phil was two under, then somebody was at even, somebody's at two over, then it really started to taper off. It's like, oh, so the first top five was actually ten shots within each other? Jeez Louise. I mean, there was, and it was like staggered. I mean, that's, we, I, I like, to, I love how it does the term finish uh, the, at the Masters, but we're not always wowed with a big winner, i.e., parentheses, see Danny Willett. Um, but that being said, um, I don't know, I do like seeing. Nobody really, nobody really likes it up at the British Open unless you're Louis Take My Money, Oosthuizen, or Tiger Woods at like St Andrews or something. I mean, it's, when Rory won the British Open, did he went berserk? Didn't he? Yeah, he he won by like four or five. Well, wasn't his like wasn't his like under par after seventy two holes like uh, eighteen or something? I'm just yeah throwing it out there. Yeah, so yeah. the the prop bet is minus five and a half for the winning score. Interesting, okay. man. You know what? That I think that speaks a lot to the unknown of the course and how and the impending weather being like a nice combo. And you know what? We can almost that's what the funny thing about a small road of the um, uh, British Isle courses. It's like they they all feel unknown every single time you get to them, except for St Andrews, which is like oh well, it's either the weather's great or the weather's bad. That's it. That is it about St Andrews. I mean, I love St Andrews. I always wanted to go there sometime, but um let's see I'm, I'm 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 curious to find john daly's oh he's cut t33 cut t45 t27 withdrew didn't play t70 didn't play didn't play t75 didn't play didn't play didn't play didn't play uh withdrew t53 68 uh hasn't played in the u.s open since Oh gosh, he hasn't played in the U.S. Open since uh, 2005, when I think his British Open exemption might have run out. Oh no! Oh no! Oh my goodness! Oh, that was too bad. Yeah, well, okay. Kelly has never been a fan of. Uh... <laughs> Do you want? If you want my for real picks, then. Yeah. Uh, I am going to go with a feel-good story of getting the major monkey off the back. 
And I think our Puma boy, Ricky Fowler, is finally going to come through. I think he's always been pretty pretty darn good um, in the Opens. Um, and I feel like for once, not many people are talking about him finally trying to get the major true. that that he so needs. So I like I like Ricky. He's at you know anywhere. I saw him on Golf Week as like twenty to one, but I saw him on Golf Digest as thirty eight to one. So I was pretty wow. psyched out about that range. But I got him right now at Crikey finishing thirteenth. So my uh, my my numbers don't uh, go that far. I'm really glad you said that real quick because that ties in my one qu- uh, Twitter queue, and it will, this will lead to all the A's. This is from Adam Kovalt at Foster Kovalt. He asked three questions, and we're, you're gonna get all the answers right now, Adam or, or Foster. Shout Adam, out, Adam. First question is, who wins the Open? That's what we're talking about, baby. Number two, will Ricky ever win a major? We can touch on that in a tiny bit of extra. You just and heard three, it. Best, best fan duel lineup. I don't know that off the top of my head because, as Zach might have alluded to, I might be the betting expert here in this digital room. However, when it comes to fantasy golf, I am pretty foreign. I'm, 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 I played a few times. I'm still not that good at it. But uh, Dan Denunzio, our guy, is shoot. Zach, we got to get him on the pod. That guy. Uh, that guy. Uh, he actually is way closer to home on a lot of his picks and numbers than you would think. I mean, and that and that, that goes to show you he knows what he's talking about and does it for a living, so to speak. I just do it as a hobby, and then I tell you and I text you and I and I yeah, he's been crushing. And I have a podcast, so shout out Dan. Yeah, shout out Denunzio. Um, Dan's a plug. Yes, I'll keep it brief. Will Ricky ever win a major? Hell yeah, he'll win a major. He has gone from being, I've said it on this podcast before, he's gone from being uh, a 54-hole player to a 63-hole player to he's going to be, uh, I believe Ricky's going to be a multi-major champion, honestly. I, I, I don't think he's going to like start going berserk, but it's like if we live in a land where Dustin Johnson, Jim Furyk only have one apiece. I mean, it's just that there are great players out there who don't have the hardware and he's obviously one of them. I don't think it speaks to his demeanor because he is the coolest, calmest, collected cat out there, and he's a great example and role model. I think he's. A, I always look at him as like Arnold Palmer for America, where it's just like, who's the most brandable? Who it, who has been the most brandable the past, you know, since he's been on tour, like the past eight years or so? I mean, Ricky Fowler's been the balls. All he's missing is a major, and he's going to get some. Trust me. Yeah. So. Uh, that leads me to asking you, Zach, because we got probably want to wrap this up in about ten to fifteen minutes. Uh, how? What are your thoughts on Rome Portrush? And, uh, and so uh, uh, I'll just us? I'll get into my pick, who I think is going to win. We spoke about him a lot, but it's Brooks Kepka. He's he's won four of the last nine, like you said. He just shows up for majors, and while his game might not fit so great, he does say that his caddy Ricky Elliott don't want to mess that up is like uh knows the course as well as anyone except for graham mcdowell and i think here it's a pretty big advantage to know where to miss all that and i clearly tiger must have thought it was a huge advantage if he wanted to play with him if that's the reason why he wanted to yeah elliot's a member out there right yeah yeah that is correct he's a member yeah i did hear that jerry you're giving me some look like you hate that pick let's hear it well, Give it no, to I me. I feel like that's great. I mean, uh, uh, Nolan picked like the number one guy uh, that uh, my project- projections have. 
to win it. You pick the guy taken second. Why don't I just take the next guy at ten to one, Dustin Johnson, and then nobody else comes close except John Rahm at sixteen to one. Which no, Urch, I'll back up. That's actually my pick is for reals. John, I like John Rahm. He actually, I'm taking John Rahm as my flyer at sixteen to one because I've been I've been liking this guy a lot, and he he is the fifty four hole player. He's the thirty six hole player. You just don't know what John Rahm's going to show up on Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday. But ultimately, I like, and it's not because of any recency or whatever. It's because of his BAA beautiful stinger two iron he can whip all over the place. Our reigning U.S. Open champ, Gary Woodland, at 60-1. to 1. In a field and a course in a full of conditions of why nots, why not Gary Woodland? He freaking, that's what he did at Pebble, so why not Gary Woodland to be like the next greatest uh, no-name two-time major winner in one year? Which I don't know who the last one was, so... I, I don't did I did I misspeak? I I'm picking Ricky as my as my favorite. Oh, I'm sorry. I was giving you the Rory treatment. Um, I, I, I like Rory a lot, but I'm going with Ricky. You want to hear my long shot? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. I'm going off the rails with my long shot. If you say Rory Sabatini, I'm hanging <laughs> up right now. No, no, no. But um, I will give you a hint. It is another major, another major monkey could be booted off the back of this um, stout European. Zach, go ahead. Ooh, I don't even have a guess. Victor Hovland. <laughs> I, I love me some Victor, dude. The oh, ladies he's the, love... He's got, he's got Vic- the biggest major monkey on his bag, Victor Hovland. <laughs> wow, oh, yeah. I've not won by now. Uh, uh, I'm going... Matt Kuchar. Uh, no, no, no. The big, the big, burly Lee Westwood. Oh. one. Wouldn't that be something? Boo! <laughs> Boo! He has the worst, worst golf swing of any professional golfer ever. I hate that guy. Oh, I, yeah, I want to see him win, too, because it's never going to happen. Oh. Yeah. Is he still... He's, is he he's still trending at Augusta. <laughs> does he still wear brown shirts sponsored by UPS? <laughs> I always wanted him or Louis Eustazen to win the FedEx Cup, because it'd just be like, what do you do up there with your UPS shirt? Oh, uh, yeah. The... <laughs> That'd be great. That would be great, <laughs> All right, so sorry, Nolan. You had Ricky. You had Ricky. My bad. I had uh, John Rom, and mo- moreover, Gary Woodland at sixty to one. I'll Those take Rory too, though. You can give me Rory just as a side, you know, little. Fine, whatever. No, that, I mean that's that's how my rant started. I mean, I was thinking of the R's there, and I'm just like, Zach's taking this, and you're taking that, and his name's <laughs> the Eldrick Woods. <laughs> I have a I have a pretty good uh, long shot as well, although. What else you got? He's a uh, European, Eric Van Ruyen. Uh-huh. 95 to 1 which is not the greatest odds but I genuinely think you he know, could be up there I think that's he, ridiculous the odds are that good <laughs> yeah see you know what I'm, I'm kind of in between trying to think like maybe they're per- he's perfectly like striped because he has essentially become Europe's Charlie Hoffman where it's just like why is this guy like always on the front of the leaderboard he's the next Tommy Fleetwood he's just gonna pop up I don't know what I I'm sorry, I haven't heard of the guy before. And down at the US Open, I was on the first tee, and he was, he was, and there was a lot of people watching and pulling Eric Van Ruin. Did they get that right? Yeah, he's been dominating on the European tour. They like, uh, it reminds me of Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. Uh, flavor of the week. Hey, 
We all remember Beef Johnson, right? Andrew Johnson. We haven't seen that guy teed up in like a year and a half. But I was like, I was about ready to like bring him over here and have him live in my house under full sponsorship of just my flag. Are you kidding me? And he's gone. There's a guy you need to follow on Twitter anymore. You just see him come up once a month and be like, oh, you're not dead. I mean that because Jared Lorenzen died recently at the age of 38, and God rest his soul, backup quarterback in the New York Giants. Uh, he, uh, late in his life, kind of, we don't know how he passed away, but, like, had multiple organ failure, but he didn't take care of himself. Not that he was, like, a, I'm sure he was into some narcotics recreationally, but if you looked at him, you're just like, whoa, did you eat Ralphie May? I mean, is that... He wasn't known as the fittest guy. Even when he played football, but that was kind of his thing. I mean, you remember that big, fat lefty from Kentucky? Oh, my gosh. That was so much fun to watch him play football. It looked like a looked like a video game character when you're playing Madden 64 and you make your quarterback 7'2", 400 pounds. Like, what's happening? Oh, that's a very good... A the oh, prototypical yeah. my player, yes. Hell yeah. He was a lefty and his number was 22. So, Zach, did you have any uh, quitter, uh, quitter Q&As? <laughs> Take two. See, I told you this is hard. I didn't have any, but I think, Nolan, you had one, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I got it pulled up right here. Uh... My good boy at Ian Coyer. Just keeping Shout it real. Putting his name right out there. Ian Coyer, longtime friend. Ladies, if you're single, hit him up. He's in the Seattle area. Wow. Um, is he crushing the Tinder game? Is he in the room? No. He looked over there again. He's an eligible young bachelor out up there in Seattle. Anyway, anyway let's move on. Um, Shout out Ian. He, he states. With Kepka and McElroy both sitting at four majors, who do you think reaches five first? And do you Kepka. see that? Rory. Go, go. <laughs> Wait, no. I have to go Kepka because I picked Kepka to win. Zach, you picked Kepka to win. What are you doing here? Okay, if Kepka doesn't win this one, then I think Rory. Now, that's funny. I'm sorry. I said it real fast because I felt it was that sure a thing. Or it's like, Kepka, next question. I mean, but this is how I feel about Kepka, and I love Rory, but... But that you, oh, oh, Zach, you just put yourself in a little tailspin there. You gotta, you gotta uh, twist your jets around, pull out. I got this. Kepka will win this event, but if he doesn't, <laughs> any pick we pick, first of all, we know they're not gonna win. Nolan has a chance. We don't know if Nolan's jinxed yet. Me and you are screwed. So Kepka, no chance. Dustin, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> So now Rory's oh, a lock. I just love this. I love this failsafe contingency he's come up with here. It's like it's like it's like the best board bet. Where it's just like, okay, Rory will win the next major in front of Kepka if Kepka doesn't win tomorrow. That is correct. <laughs> what, do, you, do, you, do you think uh, Kepka is going to have like a bad bean burrito or something? <laughs> just like, you, do you know something we don't know, or just like, oh, he has one shot? But I wish I knew something we don't know. But that is correct. One of my predictions okay. will be right. I, uh, that, that's if, I think I'm going to go with Rory um, because I don't think either of them are going to win this week. And then I think Rory is finally going to do it next year at Augusta and get that career major, career grand slam. So are going to do it? Finally yeah. I think do it. Well, thanks. thanks holding it now. The, <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for the question. We will definitely hear uh, people yelling at people on next week's podcast regarding, um, or on Twitter at least, or I'm just, I'd be like, I didn't pick Kepka, but I told you not to go there! I told you not to Oh, man, that brought the jaw pain back from that surgery last week. Woo! Getting a little wound up. Um, uh, Zach, before we wrap this up, if there was anything anyone wants to throw in about the British Open while Zach is giving us 
a Canadian, the Canadian fun fact of the week, eh? I don't have... Oh, well, do you have any facts before I get into it? Oh, I got, I got lots of facts. Um, uh, uh, oh, well, actually, this isn't so much a fact, but to address the uh, Area 51 thing, boys and girls... Oh my goodness, I would very much, this whole petition where everyone's just going to storm the Area 51 grounds sometime in September, like, I would love to see that happen. You guys will just shoot them down one by one? No, 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 a whole bunch of people are just going to get stranded in the desert. The Nevada desert is probably the biggest expanse of nothing land, that's why all those places are out there. And as I told a couple guys today, this is probably the line of dead, like, hey, and speaking of Area 51, you want to know what they call that? Because there's other, there's 50 other areas there, guys. There's, and we publicly know about Area 8, 7, 11, 51, and 52. 51 has the aliens, though. Well, it, that, it's not even about the aliens, though, dog. It's about, it's mostly about secrets, and more of the secrets there have been more about inventions and uh, spy technology. And aliens. And good spy technology is is kept even from its own citizens. And aliens. <laughs> We don't ha- we don't have any aliens. Or do we? We don't know unless we invade Area Fifty One. Clearly, according according to the publications that I read, which was that book by Annie Jacobson, it's the it's still far the most comprehensive things on Area Fifty One at all. And then we'll wrap this up because this is bullcrap. Um, that the, the, those were little mutated Russian people, and I know that sounds ridiculous. Like I never thought I'd say a sentence like that. But hearing it from so many people where they're like, no, we saw the little mutated people. We were confused going like, why would Russia send these to us? Did they get them from outer space first or did they like mutate their own children? Because we're sitting around, they're, essentially they're sitting around going like, this will send America into a tizzy. And it's like, yeah, guess what? It's done. We're in 2019. Look what's happening. We're in a major freaking tizzy over nothing. <laughs> I mean. There still could be more aliens. No, oh, there's definitely life out there. I'm just saying we don't have possession of life. We don't have any alien bodies or alien spacecraft. We have alien friends. They don't want to talk to us. Ever since they... You ever notice that, like, we're starting to get more reports now from jet fighter pilots talking about the same stuff where they see this craft moving a certain way? Well, it doesn't have to be aliens piloting that craft. That's just nice craft. Number two, once... You ever notice that, like, once the internet got around, like, the aliens kind of, like, had, like, a nice 200, like, light year buffer zone where it's just kind of yeah. like, oh, now we can actually see what these people are doing. And we don't have to go down there and abduct them and see what's up happening up close and personal. They just have to tune into YouTube and see it's just a bunch of cats falling off shit. I mean, it just if I was if I was like extraterrestrial life, I would pass over Earth going maybe in a couple hundred years. We'll we'll, we'll give them a phone call, but no, not right now. Look at us. Look at look, we have shit, stupid hair and clothes on and stuff. They're coming. We're still driving. We're driving cars, which was like the next greatest thing since the horse. And horse has been around forever. I mean, as humans, we're. We're big. We're just bigger, barely bigger than ants. Come on, oh, they're coming. But I'll get oh, to my. To, you're the conspiracy theorist. You think everything's happening? Oh, they're coming. I just like to keep people thinking. You never know. You know, kind of. <laughs> yeah. The moon is is the moon real? We don't know. Do we? Or is it made out of green? Or is it made out of green cheese? You decide. Hey. Exactly. But instead of a Canadian fun fact of the week, I'm just gonna ask you guys. Are you worried about the fact that Canadians are taking over the NBA? How are the Canadians taking over the NBA? Well, we had like... Nolan, 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 hold on, hold on. Heel boy, heel, heel. We had like seven picks. Let me answer one Zach, and then let me ask Zach one question, then I'll let you off the leash. Uh, I'll get to it. What in the hell are you talking about, Zach? Uh, Jamal Murray, stud. Andrew Wiggins, not a stud. Um, Zach, okay, 
Let me get to it. We had seven players picked in the first round of the draft. You ever hear? I remember hearing that. You ever hear of MVP? You know who the MVP is? The most (laughs) recent MVP in the NBA. Do you know who it is? A great coach. Canadian. Brandon Clark. Summer League. You ever hear of it? Oh, my. MVP. He just gave you a D-League slap across the face there, Nolan. Oh, He's man. dominating. Uh, you, know what, you know what I'm all for? You know what I'm literally all for mostly in the NBA draft is I want to see the most Europeans draft in the first round. I want That's where I want to see the ballers come from. That's where it used to come from. It's like we're in terms of us white guys or whatever. They're not taking over. Soon We should honestly you know, just have Canadian I teams. Fa- I think I'm... Uh... I think I'm falling under Zach's spell here. He might be right. You know, Toronto won the championship. <laughs> wow, I completely left out the best part. How I ditched the Blazers so quickly about 20 years ago. I mean, a couple bad things happen. The next thing you know, you just you look at your father and you say, they're never going to be this good ever again. And just like just like with curling, you just like go the puck. like. But no, honesty, fuck the Raptors. I'm rooting for the Blazers. Let's they're the only team that doesn't. Talk about, see, now talk about a curveball. You just like, he's throwing the heat and then off speed. No, he's just trying to trying to mess you up and woo you over. Well, I hate I hate the I hate the Raptors. I love the Canadians in the league. Do the Blazers have any Canadians? It's not even a paradox. Do they? No, the Blazers do not have any Canadians. I'm trying to think of the last. I'm usually pretty up to speed on the Damon Stoudemire. <laughs> no. No. There weren't many Canadians in the league like 10 years ago, so if it wasn't recent, yeah. I would guess they may have never had one. Yeah. Cam Neely. Hey, hey so I got I got one for you. Um, in the in the spirit of the Open, I wanted to tag on to your Canadian fun fact and bring up an Irish fun fact of the week. Ooh. we're across the pond from Scotland to Ireland. Um... So, you guys know of St. Patrick? Of course. Was he the guy who, like, killed all the snakes on the island and then there's no more snakes in Ireland now because they're on an island? Well, you probably know way more about him than I do then. If that... I know of his day. Or is he, or is he the potato guy? <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good call right there. There's a good chance he's the potato guy. Um... I think, no, he's like, he's a, what, Catholic, like, saint, right? Um, and the, the potato guy. <laughs> the only potato guy in Ireland. But he's always, you know, been, I think all of his, like, sigils and stuff are, like, Celtic and Irish, stuff like that. Anywho, he, in fact, is not even Irish. Wow. Yes. Not Irish. He was born yeah. in Great Britain. Um, uh, Liverpool. Uh, yeah, possibly. It's it's. <laughs> it's but this is this is all tying into our like conspiracy at Area Fifty One talk. That it's not all true stuff that we don't even know if it's real. It was either Wales, Scotland, or England. So who knows? Right, right. I mean, it's like a, uh, Saint Christopher is the patron saint of like police officers and travel, or it could be the patron saint of deli sandwiches. It just depends yeah. on the, uh, the website you go to. So. But everyone always associates with him with Ireland because he um, eventually, you know, became a Saint Patrick in Ireland because he was kidnapped at the age of sixteen by some Irish raiders. Wow. It- Thing. Now that's a good story. I was about to say, yeah. like, so married into the the Celtic family. I get it, but no, that's yeah. 
it's actually pretty cool. It's like when you get free, you, you have to live amongst your captors and uh, and they were Irish. Point yes, and then and then he skinned all the potatoes and filled in all the potholes and, 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 and threw it through it all the snake. <laughs> and now we have a great day named after him with green beer. <laughs> oh yeah. god, that green beer makes me sick so much every year. I guess you gotta do it. I'm a little bit crappy food coloring. Anyways, fellas, this has been a really great pod. We've gone a little over an hour. So, um, uh, Nolan, plug away. How can people reach you? How do you want people to reach you? What's the best way? I typically like the good old telegraph or fax, but nowadays you can reach <laughs> personal <laughs> phone number and <laughs> Twitter at Nolan T. Smith. Very, very simple. Instagram at Nolan T. Smith. Our emails are, you know, on on the good old from the back dot com. Um, hit us up there. We love comments. I just um, Zach just posted my latest and greatest Tiger article on there. Um, I love to get comments on there. Tiger talk hashtag Tiger talk. Um, so mm -hmm. whenever yeah, whenever you feel like it, hit me up. Well, there you go. Uh, also, we want to give all a shout out as always to Big Heads Podcast Network. We kind of had a lot to talk about and got off the rails and didn't do too much housekeeping. And uh, our team is uh, killing it as always. Uh, Tucker is doing great <clears throat> with the um, like the ever vigilant uh, reciprocating of a social media campaign that is second to none. And he can give you a school in terms of uh, personal self-promotion, advertising, everything, and all the above. Uh, Danny Denunzio's got our. Uh, he's the he's the FanDuel guy. Danny D. He's uh, he's uh, he's the um, the guy who is been closest to the sun out of all of us and yet none of us has gotten burned most of us have frozen to death so he is he's at least maintaining a positive carbon atmosphere in terms of making picks fair uh, and then we got uh our uh, kiwi over in uh, ireland posting up blue horseshoe he's been uh, i like his uh does anyone else other uh watch horses horse racing at all no no expert I mean, I do it in America, but I mean, it's really tough to do because it's just like that. You want to talk about like something very regional or like very like kind of like semi-national if your nation is very small. I mean, because like when I watch horse rating, it's racing. It's usually out of like two different places in California. And it's just like, oh, well, I have to like go find the right TV feed at the right place to get that. I mean, horse racing is very interesting and it might not be around much longer. It's a, it's a very, very barbaric old fashioned sport. But when it comes to like gambling, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. And then you wonder why you're watching a stream of some random race in a small town in Ireland at 3 in the morning. <laughs> well, because, well, as uh, Scott Van Pelt said on the uh, No Leg Up podcast recently, it's uh, do, when you're in the UK and, like, a golf event's on or a race or a match of any kind or a game of any kind, you, you nobody's a gambler. Nobody's a degenerate, degenerate gambler over there. Everyone just is, like... If you if they you're both watching TV, somebody in a pub, and they like we got on the match, and they say like, "Oh, I didn't make a bet." They'll look at you and be like, "What's wrong with you?" So it's like everyone made a bet on the way here because they're watching this, the match and they want to have a fun outcome. I mean, gambling is actually just a way of life over there. So that's why they call it the Ladbrokes. Those were the first guys I ever listened to in terms of online betting and TV betting. So they budget it in, right? They got a budget for gambling. It's 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 safe betting. <laughs> It's also, I mean, it's, it's borderlines a lottery, and I don't like a lottery. This is all performance-oriented. So, with that being said, um, I'm Jerry Lou. You can find me at Jerry Lou Looper One on Twitter. 
and uh, that's pretty much the only way I choose uh, anyone to find me because Jerry Lou isn't even my real name, turns out. But that's the only way you can find me if uh, you want to uh, caddy at Band of Dunes. I'm, uh, I got one more uh, trip to SoCal, but after that I'm going to be working my nards off through Jan- uh, December 1st, essentially. So, um, except for you, Thomas, I know you're coming to town around my birthday uh, on the 6th, 7th, 8th of December. I'll still caddy for you. Shout out, Thomas Glenn. Shout out, Thomas. Said, uh, Zach... Where can they find the main nerve that is uh, our pipeline? You can find us with at uh, at from the back tees on Twitter, from the backtees.com. The usual. And uh, we'll be back. The usual. Enjoy the open championship and we'll see you from the back tees. See you guys.